This is Risky Women Radio, a show to connect, celebrate and champion women in risk, regulation and compliance. Sharing insight and perspective from the most influential members of our global Risky Women Network on the latest developments we need to think about, the challenges we should all talk more about and the innovation we are most excited about in governance, risk and compliance. Bringing together the hundreds of senior women professionals already connected with a new emerging group of leading women and men. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. Welcome back to our transformation series on Risky Women Radio, where we will be talking about change, innovation, and taking a look ahead at the views from some amazing risky women on what's next in the world of governance, risk, and compliance. I'm Lucy Pierman, Global Head of Risk Transformation at Prativity, and I have the pleasure to introduce today's risky woman, Sophie Crinor. Sophie is a Director of Transformation at Zurich Insurance Company. She is responsible for designing the future of audit strategy for Group Audit, focusing on the interplay between customer outcomes and science-based methods whilst balancing the need to digitalize and transform the skills of the function. Sophie is passionate about building a growth mindset and generating change from within through an innovation, passionate, collaborative global team. Sophie is accountable to lead the competency networks which connect skills and training to the risks over which we seek to provide assurance. She joined Zurich at the start of the pandemic and fully embraced the value a digital, collaborative work environment can bring to the future of work. As a mother of one, and one more on the way, she sees the pandemic as an opportunity to challenge assumptions and change the way we work for a more sustainable, inclusive future. Before Zurich, Sophie spent 12 years working at KPMG, where she was a COO for Dynamic Risk Assessment, focusing on involving the risk assessment methodology through the connectivity of risk. Prior to this role, she focused on providing assurance, both internal and external services, to the insurance sector in the UK and in Australia. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you. I know I gave a a brief bio, but but in your own words, Sophie, can you tell us your story? Yeah, I'm happy to. Thank you very much for having me. So when I joined KPMG all those years ago, it was literally days before Lehman Brothers collapsed. And I think that was quite important for my career because everything off the back of it has been dramatic change. Nothing has been stable or the same as we came through one of the biggest financial crises the world has seen. So I I came out of university and I'm like many peers, was very unsure about what to do. So I thought, I'll just join the world of audit as it's a safe place to start. I didn't realise I'll stay for 12 years in that sort of risk assurance space. At the time, before Lehman's cast, I desperately wanted to go into the cool world of banking but ended up in the insurance sector and actually was one of the best gifts that um, was given to me because it really opened up the world of how to think differently around risk and how to think about you know, providing assurance and safety nets for the world off the back of it. So I really felt that had an industry had much more purpose than simply maybe the banking industry, maybe alluded to it at the time. So that, that for me was a great start to, to a career. The rest of the story really based around taking a wholeheartedly committed approach to saying yes to any opportunity that came about and probably said yes to too many things at each time. 
but I was really fortunate to start my career in a company that was so varied from doing everything from ex- learning the trade of external audit through doing some debt listings and large tenders, lots of international exposure, and also working with a young cohort of people. And I think all of that came off the back of living in a world of change and lots of different things going on that needed assurance provided them and responding to risk environment. KPMG also not only provided me a fabulous career, but um, a lifelong friends, a husband who gave me the opportunity to work overseas as he is South African, Australian, and that's how we ended up living in Australia for a couple of years, which was where my biggest leap in my career was undertaken. When I moved to Australia, I was given the opportunity to be a leader of the insurance audit function. And that's really where I had my first opportunity to really connect people, change management strategy as well as to the risk topic and how you can bring those sort of change ideas and leadership together to really drive great outcomes, not only from a business perspective, but also from a, a risk outcome perspective. I also got to work with an amazing partner called Dr. Andres de Blanche during that time, who really opened my eyes up to the world of data and tech-led thinking, out-of-the-box thinking, academia. And that really, when I took on the role of um, the COO for dynamic risk assessment, that really start to build some of the future leadership skills and change skills that I do today in my current role. Because we really started with a blank piece of paper and said, if you wanted to do the world of risk management differently, what would you do and what would you change? And that was sort of the problem that we wanted to solve as we built out the dynamic risk assessment product. And really the last three years I had at KPMG was a total whirlwind of building a piece of technology and building a business that started off in Australia with one country. At the point that I moved on from KPMG, we were in 23 countries and really helping companies to think differently about the world of risk and, and how it could play out. And I think for me, leaving KPMG on a high, we actually put a paper up to the World Economic Forum in Davos back in 2020 now. 2020 is a bit of a blur of year, I'm sure, for everybody. And that really, to me, was a really great way to move on from a company and move on to where I joined Zurich at the beginning of March in, in 2020. So a really varied career of just saying yes to, to exciting things that sort of came about and really finding my passion in, in all of them, which is around change and growth and transformation, and particularly in the risk space. That's a really interesting background you've got there, Sophie. And you mentioned you joined Zurich at the start of the pandemic. What was it like transitioning into a new role during the beginning of covid Professionally, I think it was an amazing time to start a new job, especially someone who has been brought in to transform a function that, in theory, the internal audit world can be quite traditional. But everybody was in this amazing mindset of, well, we have to survive. We have to do something different because if we can't, then we won't be able to do our job and play the role that we play in in the risk environment. So professionally, it was a great time because I think we made some large steps forward that might have taken me two or three years professionally to try and do if you had to manufacture environment to embrace digital in a different way or embrace technology or cross-border working in a completely different way. Personally, I don't think I've done anything harder trying to start a new job during a pandemic. And I had a two-year-old at home at the time as well. And my husband's in operational risk for an investment bank. So he was very distracted doing sort of day-to-day management but all of that stuff I think comes back down to really knowing what your personal resilience is about and digging deep and I reflected at the end of last year and thinking that was exceptionally hard but you know it's one of those moments when you really test what you 
are about and come off the back of it thinking actually I'm much clearer on who I am as a person and what I can deliver off the back of it. So I think in the long run, professionally, it'll have a, a big impact. Yeah, I think you raise a good point that the pandemic was certainly a good trigger point for change, which which can take years and years. And also a focus away from just digital transformation and moving much more towards people and culture transformation as we kind of all embrace new ways of thinking, new ways of working. So Sophie, keen to understand who inspires you. Is there any risky women in general that you feel very inspired by? I actually always really struggle with these kind of questions because I think it really depends on the moment of what you're trying to do. And I'm actually going to give a shout out to my sister-in-law who's inspired me recently. So last week she stood at the New York Stock Exchange with her leadership team and they rung the opening bell for trading as their company listed. And you could not have predicted this ending for her because seven years ago, she decided fitness was her passion. And she started to work as a receptionist at the gym in London. And she really committed on a career that she wanted to be part of and a journey she wanted to be part of and worked incredibly hard, taking lots of personal risks, moving countries, taking roles that were stretching for her, doing lots of different things, but was really motivated by a personal passion. And then yeah, I think it just, to me, it was very inspiring because it played out that if you really put your mind to it and dream big, anybody can be standing in front of the, the crowds of the stock exchange actually list your company. So not necessarily in the risk space, but I think that can be applied to the sort of the lessons learned can be applied to anybody in that space. Taking a risk. Yeah, taking a risk. And I'm sure there's days when she was like, oh, what have I done? Why am I doing this? But now it's all paid off. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic story. This episode is brought to you by Protivity. Protivity is a global consulting firm with deep expertise in transformation, risk management and compliance. Partner with Protivity and face the future with confidence. So we're going to move into our expert opinion, which this month is on the future of workforce and how to embed and sustain a a new organisational structure during a pandemic. So something very relevant to what you're trying to do at Zurich. So before we dive into our main section, can you tell us a bit more about the work that you're doing at Zurich and how you're embracing the change of the digital environment? Yeah, definitely. As my introduction sort of set out, I'm responsible for defining the future of audit of what, what we've called within um, Zurich. And the reason we've done that and my role exists is because we recognise the importance that the world that we live in is fundamentally changing. It's the pace of change is growing faster. So for risk professionals and, and an internal audit lens in my world to remain completely relevant, we need to think differently about how we want the future to look and how to vision that. So I spent a lot of last year stepping back and standing in the potential of the future of what could assurance look like in a digital environment when the first line is completely digitalized, when we're not you know, looking at our traditional control environment and the control environment is digital. So we built a sort of a, a change strategy around four pillars, one focusing on outcomes rather than process, because actually following a process lens doesn't always mitigate the risks that we're looking at introduction of scientific methods so basically saying what we want to do has to be done with a bit more scientific rigor to it than before of just picking a sample of three for example 
We also need to be able to digitalize our own value chain to make sure we're effective and efficient. And the most important one for me as well is making sure we build a sustainable culture and people development off the back of it. Because digital transformation is not just about implementing the tech, but bringing the people along who can make the judgments, make the decisions off the back of it. So the, the two main areas that I've really been focusing on is what we call competency networks, but essentially Zurich Insurance internal order functions across 19 countries. And we're fairly small considering the scale of our first line. But what we realized is we had all the skills that we needed to mitigate the risks, but they weren't always in the pace that we needed them. So we've been spending a lot of time building these global collaborative teams based around skills matching to risks and growth opportunities rather than just being saying, well, this order needs to be done in the UK. Therefore, these are the people we've got to pick from. Let's deliver it in that environment. So that's a big change we've been working on. And the second one is around harboring change from within. So rather than the maybe typically more traditional top-down, well, this is what needs to be changed because we are the leadership team. It's saying, well, you're the team on the ground, do this every day. How do we create an environment, a mechanism for you to feed it back? We can enact quickly on the ideas that return very quickly and make the environment compoundingly better on a continual basis rather than rely on those big bang changes. So a lot of the energy for both of those activities to be successful has been around mindset change and the lesson learned from the pandemic and why I saw when I came on board was actually everybody was really committed to implementing a digital mindset change and shift. So that's what really I've been trying to harbour that energy to keep flowing into continual change and making sure people didn't see the effort that went into 2020 as a one-off effort, but just something that's incredibly essential to keep doing for the next well forever really because the environment is going to continue to change yeah you raised some good points and it's really I think a good trigger point for turning the word agile into a mindset and innovation into a mindset rather than a method and having that continuous change so in your mind Sophie in, in a truly transformed state in utopia what does the future workforce look like I got a text from my girlfriend the other day that was basically saying, how am I going to balance it all? How am I going to like get my young kids from school? How am I going to keep growing the career I want to build? How am I going to do X, Y, Z? And I think if we can really transform the world of work and how people want to engage in the workplace, we've created an environment that these questions aren't raised every day in everyday life. And we've kind of been brave enough to address some of the structural challenges that currently exist through digital and through the way that we think about what delivering to work really means. And my utopia, I suppose, if I try to describe it to an environment that kind of maybe slightly already exists, is if you think about the world of Uber and you're sort of continuing meeting supply and demand through a piece of technology, wouldn't a world of work be amazing where you're very aware of the skills you have as an individual and companies can say, well, we're looking for this skill for this amount of time and you might continue to work for that organisation continually, but you have much more of a marketplace for what you can commit to at that point in time and what, what you want to get out of it as well. So these ideas of fixed lifetime contracts that we have right now might still exist, but you would exchange value in a very different way. And I think addressing those structural changes will enable this future digital world really to come alive. So it'll take time, it'll be slow, but it'll maybe change the value proposition that work really means. 
and how you deliver success off the back of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm a great believer in the same way that from a technology perspective, particularly with the digital agenda, organizations have created an ecosystem of alliances. I do think employees will go in that direction. So you've got subject matter expertise you can provide to an ecosystem of employers. You don't just have to sit on one desk, you know, in one organization day in and day out. In terms of your industry, I guess, what are you seeing leading organizations do to successfully adapt to the new kind of way of thinking, the new post pandemic environment and the org structures that they'll put in place around it? I think the best stuff I'm seeing is around large organizations really just committing to the fact that the future looks different and they have to do something that's really going to challenge some of those assumptions that, that we have. One of the things that really lured me to Zurich as a great organization was workforce sustainability is one of our core mandates within how we want to run our organization. And so you see that you know, incredibly importantly in the insurance industry that the risk is wholeheartedly changing, that we need to think differently about how to solve that problem. And so setting up new ways of working in those structures and challenging what we do is really important. And I don't think it's going to be this massive silver bullet, Lucy. I actually think these structures already exist, but it's about picking and choosing between which ones work well for your organization and being comfortable blending them. The network organization you see in the tech industry works really well. The traditional governance structures work really well, but it's knowing when to say this is a more hierarchical outcome we need to employ or this is a more network outcome we need to employ because it's just, I don't think it has to be as binary as being on either end of the spectrum. It can be a bit of both. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. And if we look at it in a slightly different way, as an employee, how do you make sure you maintain your currency in this kind of fast-paced changing environment that we're all starting to work in? Yeah, it may be sort of a really obvious thing to say, but having a curious mind and wanting to build your own skills is, is critically important. The mega trends of skills aren't going to change over the next 10 years. It's going to be around digital, being data savvy, basic tech enablers like Power BI. You know, they're just going to be part of the day to day. And it's not going to be an environment where, well, I choose not to use it. You have to be able to demonstrate these skills. So I think for employees to really flourish in that environment, it's about picking a way to integrate learning into your everyday activities so it's not this big scary thing that you've got to suddenly change become the best at data science for example but say well today every day for the rest of my career I'll try something new every day just to see how it plays out otherwise the task is going to be too big for anybody I see graduates coming through and I think wow I only left university like less than sort of 15 years ago but the way they think about the world the way that they solve problems and skills they have is very different to what I have and then I'm sure the same plays out for 50 people 15 years more senior to myself and so I think everybody in the workforce has to think differently about how they remain relevant but I think just applying a curious mind and really just wanting to slowly change is, is really important and I'm, I'm taking it in a compounding way very good so we're going to move into your rants and revelations Sophie Connecting, celebrating and championing women in risk regulation and compliance, Risky Women Radio takes an intimate look at 
the rants and revelations of the top women shaping the debate and the industry. From a revelation perspective, what was your light bulb moment? What, what was the thing that shaped some of the career choices that you've made? When I was junior at KPMG, I used to sort of look at the world of partnership and think it was this magical place of these people with magical skills and they were just a different breed of people to me. And I kind of put them on this massive pedestal. But I had a sort of a light bulb moment when I just realised they were people who committed very hard to a career path and continued to learn and grow and actually just been doing it longer. Removing that sort of mental hierarchy that is in place has been a real eye-opener for me. And actually, that was sort of my biggest sort of career revelation. And especially as I took on the Zurich role, being one of the more younger members of the leadership team, just recognising that I was chosen for this role because I had a very different skill set and path. And actually, it's the combination of bringing them together is the secret source, not one person being this saviour of the world or who's going to be this amazing leader. It's about knowing the role that you can play and how the combination of different journeys leads to the great outcome. Yeah, that resonates with me personally. It's all about the team, the collaboration, the many, many minds make great things. Exactly. And what's your rant? If you could change anything, what would it be? Sorry, Cheryl Sandberg, but one of my biggest rants is actually the book Lean In. I feel that um, women especially not just in the risk industry, but women in professional who want to have a professional career have a sort of unimaginable toxic pressure to be incredibly productive in every aspect of their life, from, you know, careers, progression, raising children, managing a home, all those sort of things. And I just actually think if we could change one thing um, that was better for everybody was to put less pressure on, on women to be everything to everybody and just saying, it's okay that today I'm good at this, and tomorrow I've dropped the ball on that, but collectively we're all heading in a positive direction. And we've just been a bit kinder to ourselves. <laughs> if, that, if I could change anything for women in the workplace, that would be it. Very good. So now for our rapid fire round. Risky Women is a vibrant network at the centre of a global community in a rapidly growing, evolving and influential industry. Given the continued pace of change, our Rapid Fire Round revisits the most pressing topics to share ideas and offer listeners new perspectives. In one word, what do you see as the top priority for the year ahead? Reflection. And what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an astronaut. And I feel the dream is closer now that Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos are up there. (laughs) And how would you describe you in one word? Future focused, if you hyphenate it. (laughs) Yes. And whom do you most admire? I would say anybody who fully knows their own mind. I would love to sort of have that full confidence of being liberated from that mental ease you have from being truly connected to who you are as a person. And we're reflecting on what I wanted to say in this. I I realise I spent an unhealthy amount of time reliving outcomes and questioning if I'd done it differently and I think if you just really knew who you were that would be a lot easier. And what podcast or book would you recommend to any upcoming risk and compliance or transformation leader? I'm currently reading Noise by Daniel Kahneman 
And I would recommend anything on behavioural economics and understanding how people are interacting with the the more uh, traditional economic environment around you it will set you up in a good stead for what's going to come and, and how to think differently about managing and working in a transformed environment. And what advice would you give to women pursuing careers in financial services and in transformation? Transformation is everywhere. And I don't think you need to have the word transformation in your job title to really have a large impact on influencing and changing the world that you live in. So I really would just say, make the most of the opportunity that you see in your day job. Say yes, challenge assumptions, and really just think differently about the world and not be afraid to speak out if you think it could be done better or, or differently. All very good advice. Thank you for that, Sophie. So that brings this episode of Risky Women Radio to an end. But I'm very excited to continue our transformation series journey. Thank you so much, Sophie, for joining us today and for your thoughts and valuable insights. My pleasure. It's been great. Thank you for listening to this exciting episode of Risky Women Radio to connect, champion and celebrate women in risk regulation and compliance. I'm Kimberly Cole, based in Hong Kong. For more information on the Risky Women Global Network, head to our website in the episode notes and please be part of the ongoing conversation by subscribing to this podcast, connecting with us at Risky Women on Twitter, or even reaching out to me directly by email.